Check, check, check. One, two, one to the two, one to the two, 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 two. All hey, right. Scotty, what's up? I'm coming back. Oh, got a toot. Hold on. The audio fun bag is brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. And now we kick it. This podcasting thing bores me. I'm too good for it. I should just go solo. Hey, Los is here. All right, I think you should start off the show. You ever worry about that? Me going solo on you? No. Just uh, leaving you behind, starting my own podcast. Norman's Electronics and Hard Ice Vodka Freezies brings you episode 25 of the podcast. And no, okay. See, like on my podcast, my solo, like when I turn solo and leave you and I'll be like Justin Timberlake. I won't even have to do all that crap. Every show does get worn out at some point of each other, right? Absolutely. Like, there's only a handful. Like, there's... Ted Danson and Woody Hayes. Woody Hayes? What was his name? Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. See, but those are limited run. That's... Well, maybe it works the same way. At a certain point, I think that if you're a little bit artistic or creative, you then want to try something different that's artistic and creative. See, but that's people... That's people that have a goal and want to move forward and do bigger and better things and... I'm just content to just be here the rest of my life, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like People are like, do you really want to be running a board for Chuck and Chernoff when you're 60? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Norman's Electronics, NEIUSA.com too, by the way. Um, I guess I just look at it as long as it's fun. Like As long as things stay fun, I'm okay. We have enough outlets where we get to do different stuff. So I just kind of go, all right. No, you're an ambitious person. Oh, and I, I'm, I know. I'm lazy and fat and content. And I'm like, yeah, it is what it is. You know, why did I get married? What else was I going to find? It also allowed you to then kind of chill it out and be like, hey, guess what? Now I'm. What? Comfortable. Is that, or, what, is that a good one? Yeah. It's comfortable. I'm comfortable. Like when y'all had that talk with me, like maybe it was just Chuck where he's like, hey, you don't need to get married to Lisa. And I'm like, no, nah, Chuck, I'm in a good place, man. I'm comfortable. Everything's going great. Well, no, I didn't say that. I'm just comfortable. It was just kind of like, yeah, we're here. You know, you want to hang out and be roommates for the rest of your life? And She kind of digs me. I kind of dig her. He's like, he's like, that's not love. That's not true love. I ain't boy. trying to kill you. I'm like, what's true love? What is true love, Los? I that's what we dive wa- in here. I haven't watched The Princess Bride in a while, but that's more of true love, right? So I wanted to bring this up with you. If you would be interested, uh, episode 25 again. Awesome. We've Still, made it. We've made it to 25, which means 75 more and we've hit 100. Oh, and that's when we're going to do the show in Vegas. Or somewhere, yeah. Maybe we should do that on like show 30. Let's figure out where somebody will have us. Okay. That way we make it fun. So I wanted to bring this up with you because I, I've there's things that I have enjoyed doing with you in the past. We spend a lot of time together because we're stuck in a room. Anal. And what we then end up doing, like the last time I got really sick, you gave me the flu. I did, yeah. Total asshole move. But there's so many great memories associated with that. Like that's one of the memories, Los, of your Rose Bowl trip is that it finished you got off, sick. It finished off with me at O'Hare Airport laying on the ground with two degree weather outside because I was burning up so hot that the floor was the best option. But baby boy, that's how we make memories. It is how we made a memory. That's how I remember that trip at the end. It was it was elation. I was ecstatic. And then I was sick of shit. Like when we went to Baton Rouge two years ago or whatever, 
and we're hanging out in New Orleans, and there's three of us in a room and only one bed, and you've got your big ass speaker there, yeah, and we're just sitting there listening to like Weezer and things like that. That was good. Yes, it sucks that we only had one bed and three dudes all sharing a bed kind of thing, but you know what? That's how memories are made, Los. It was Dan Matthews in his LSU jersey. God, that kid snores. <laughs> I slept. I slept in the car that the freaking RV was being pulled by. When we got into Baton Rouge, oh. you went and slept in the car. Because I hit him he in the face so hard. with an entire tw- not like the entire twenty-four case of water, but like individually, I would take out a water, throw it across, hit him in the face. All twenty-four of them, I hit him in the face. Freaking kid never woke up. Like. Yeah, he was really drunk, but <laughs> damn it, it was loud. So I, I thought about something else I want to do with you. Okay. And at first I thought, oh man, wouldn't it be cool, like some outdoor concert, that'd be cool, pretty cool. Paintballing. Uh, I think that's kind of past. Oh, like okay. I, I used to do that, and now I'm like, why do I want to put welts on me? It just seems whatever. Very 1998 of me. But this could possibly get us killed. Um. Okay, well there's a little danger, a little excitement. We're, we're not drug running. No. But what we are doing... Like, I got an erection when I skydived. Like, there's something about danger that's a good thing. You just landed and you were all <laughs> you were all done. Oh my god, I'm I, so filthy. I was spinning like a top right on it, yes. So, did you see the story about the hidden treasure that has been found? Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about here? So, this I was listening to Beyond the Goatee with Domino. Because Domino is really big on treasure hunting. Yes, he's talked about this for a while. I believe there was a man who was rich that decided to bury a million dollars somewhere in the Rocky Mountains somewhere? Boris Fenn. He is now 89 years old. He's an art and antiquities collector. Oh, he's still alive? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then it's not really treasure. I feel like you have to be dead to make it treasure. It was gold, rubies, emeralds, and diamonds. Oh, that's treasure. And he hid it. And he basically gave some instructions, and here you got to go find it. Well, finally... I think he wrote a book, actually, and somewhere hidden in there were the instructions. And so it took 10 years. Somebody finally found it. And so they sent him a picture, confirmed they found it. Somebody found it, so it was awesome. Do you have any details on this? Can I? Can I? I don't want to ask you questions that you don't know. Have you read up on this? Because I do not know. A little bit. Was it buried? Yes. It was buried, so it was underground. From, but but again, he is not saying exactly what it was. Well, why not? It's been found. I get it. Like, I'll, I'll, okay, let me give you like what his his tip was. He said it was under a canopy of stars in a lush forested vegetation of the Rocky Mountains and had not moved from that spot where I hid it for more than ten years. So that's all he gave. So it sounds like he did bury it in a certain area. That's not really much to go on. Under the stars could be just about anywhere. And vegetation, you said? Yes. So it's somewhere where vegetables are grown. And here's what he said. If gold and gems are what you seek, we have a quest for you. Off well-worn trails in the Rocky Mounts, a chest awaits one true. Of heart and mind, both resolute in purpose and in goal, who knows no gold outshines the hues that sparkle in one's soul. I was going to ask you if he made it rhyme, because it's not official unless you make it rhyme. Like, if you've seen National Treasure... Like, everything has to rhyme that the Freemasons do. For some reason, all of their clues has to rhyme. So it is now officially a clue because it did rhyme. But that's all he gave them to work off of? It ended up being a 24-line poem that was all you could work off of. I believe that's a haiku. No, it's it's different. (laughs) But so you had people that, like, quit their jobs and people that died going to go look for it from exposure and everything else. To become a professional treasure hunter. Yes. Now, here's the fun part. There's still so many of these out there. So many legends, so many stories, so many ones where you go, okay, that's real. 
Like he put more out there, or there's just more out there in general. No, there's more out there in general. Like, let me give you one that I think is is pretty fascinating. But don't we have to go to the bottom of the sea for them? No. Like it's an old ship. I'm not good on water. So, for instance, there's the the Dillinger gang, and they had a suitcase of two hundred thousand dollars in unmarked bills. Now the problem is, if they buried it to hide it because they were worried about being captured by the police, and this was this was done out in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, that, that gets chewed up by the earth. So those bills are, are long gone. Well, don't you put it in a suitcase? Like a treasure has to come in like a cool chest. Yes, but it would still be eaten up. Now, here's the one I want to give you. Damn it. The Thomas Beale story. Okay. This one is fascinating. So in 1816, this man shows up in Virginia. He visits an innkeep, a guy named Robert Morris. And nobody had ever seen him before, but they all basically the comment about like he was a rugged type. He seemed like an outdoorsman, had a lot of success with the ladies. And then after the winter was over, he ventured back out, came back again during the, you know, during the season. And he decided to tell the, the innkeep, Robert Morris, he gave him instructions. He basically told him that he had three ciphers and that those ciphers would retrieve $63 million worth of gold, silver, rubies, things like that. As it turns out... Is that now? Yeah, turn my turn mic, mic on. on. Yeah, I'm a freaking rookie. Is that now $63 million or back then $63 million? That's what it would equal today. Okay. So what happened was this guy, Thomas Beale, uh, he was part of a group that they were working in the area. Um, they ended up finding... A, a mine, basically, gold, silver, everything else. And they realized they couldn't transport it all back to their homes. So what they started doing was trading it so they could get diamonds and rubies. It's easier than trying to carry gold around. And then he realized, I just have to bury this thing for the safety of it, and I'll come get it at another point. But he also told the innkeeper, if something happens to me, one of these ciphers will tell you who my family is so that you can get it to them. So his ciphers look like this. Was it on the back of the Constitution? It's a series of numbers. Look at that. That's the... That looks like Zodiac stuff. It's all numbers. It's 115, 73, 24, 207, 752, and, and so it's it's a code. So you've had all these people that have looked over it trying to figure out what it is. One person thinks that they broke the cipher. Is it how many steps you have to take? No. In this no. case, what they did well, is I give up. they applied the Declaration of Independence to it. So, for instance... So, I was onto something with the Constitution. You kind of were. <laughs> so, the idea, when you applied the Declaration of, Con- uh, of, of, uh, of Independence to it, you were then starting to break down. You can go, okay, that word 152. All right, you would use 152 in that place. Okay, word 25, you would put that there. Drink more Ovaltine. So, here is what the first cipher said. I have deposited in the county of Bedford, about four miles from Buford's, in an excavation... Of uh, a vault six feet below the surface of the ground. The following articles: the deposit consists of two thousand nine hundred and twenty-one pounds of gold and five thousand one hundred pounds of silver. Can I ask a question? Real also, quick? jewels. How, how how do you transport that just in general? By horse and buggy. And at some point, you realize <laughs> I can't carry all this. I got to bury it yeah, and come no back kidding. for it. Pounds and pounds of this obtained in St. Louis in exchange for silver to save transportation. The above is securely packed in iron pots with iron covers. The vault is roughly lined with stone, and the vessels rest on solid stone and are covered with others. The value would be insane. These are the sort of things we need to find a treasure hunt we can go on because this would be one where if we broke it. 
we could then do whatever we want. We could buy the radio station. We could we could go buy the Braves. Here's my only issue with this. If you could guarantee me. By the way, the next two ciphers have not been able to be deciphered. They don't know what what he code he used to to well, do that. Well, just those. find another article of the. Don't, I don't know. I don't know US what he used. Something. His thing was going to be to deliver you. Here are the ways to break these, and, and he never made it back Use over the there. The Rosetta Stone or something. But here's my thing. If you can guarantee me, and that's the problem, you can't guarantee me, but if you can guarantee me the treasure is real, okay, I'm in. But the fact is, you could finally decipher both the codes after that, and there actually be no treasure. Like, do you understand the biggest, like, we've all dealt with blue balls. We've all been 13 and 14 and 15 in high school. Or 22. Do you understand the treasure blue balls you would get if you showed up and... After years and years of this, and nothing was there. Well, this is the dumbness of the, the the curse of Oak Island. Like people are digging around that thing, looking for something that you've been doing it for like six seasons. You don't find anything, and you're always like Templars, and everyone goes, "Oh my god, we're, we're so close." You can't have a seventh season of Oak Island if you find the gold. Exactly, but they never find anything. Or the Bighorn Mountains. I don't know this one. How about this one? Captain Grant Marsh was on his way to deliver $375,000 to resupply General Custer's army when he heard of Custer's defeat. Why are these people walking around with so much money? Because you have to pay these soldiers. They were... Mercenaries. Basically. There was a a level of we have to do this stuff. Okay. It said so, um, knowing he would have to take the injured uh, soldiers uh, aboard the Far West, which is what he was riding on, he had his men bury the gold for safekeeping. Unfortunately, when they returned to unearth the bars, there was nothing to be found. According to the local legend, Marsh attempted to retrieve the buried gold twice, and on his final trip, a heavy rain caused a mudslide that hid the gold for good. It's out there. Who told these people that burying money was a good idea? I think when you don't... <laughs> who it, told it, them? Who it, gave them the idea? Like, you and I, we put it in stocks and bonds or 401k. They bury it in the ground? Let me ask you this. If I was to give you a thousand pounds of gold, how much can you get home right now? Uh, I could probably carry like 40 pounds of gold. Okay. So you've <laughs> got to figure out what to do with the rest of it for the time being. But I would have, I wouldn't even make a map. I just tattoo it on my arm. Hey, it's under this tree. Go here. Turn right at the river. Not some facocta code that's based off the Declaration of Independence. These guys were stupid. There is no real treasure. That's what I'm telling you. you. You just had a treasure found, and now you're saying it this is real. It was one found. You just brought up like 50 of them that haven't been found. There's a lot of them that get found at sea. I'm just saying, rather than us doing a concert or maybe you know the Georgia-Alabama game, maybe we do a treasure hunt this year. Yeah, I'd be cool with like a bar crawl or something like that. At least like I get drunk at the end of it. All right, coming up next, the most harmless thing in the world is now one of the most harmful things in the world. That's coming up next right here on the Audio Fun Bag. Are we going to talk about my dream? It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. Aren't you going through a divorce or something? You told me to bring it up. Kevin Harlan, who oh. is, you know, does quite a bit of Major League Baseball. He gave us a, a what about a month ago when you had the, the drunk on the field he was running fantastic. around. He did the Raiders game for the Falcons. I loved it. He's oh, good. He's Carlin's really good. good. Oh, he, he's outstanding. Well, two weeks ago, he did the game between the, I believe it was the Tennessee Titans and the San Diego Chargers. Uh, anyway, Parrish Cox was on the field and he decided to do this. Andy, Andy, Andy. 
Rivers on first and goal touchdown. Tyrell Williams. He beats Cox. The audio fun bag. Sorry, I have Surrey read articles to me because I get tired of reading long Well, articles. Surrey just went ahead and revealed what we were going to get into. Oh, shut up! All Is that what by, we were going to get into? All brought to you by Norman's Electronics and also Hard Ice Vodka Freezies. What the hell? They're coming for cartoons? I shouldn't say they. That's so wrong. They're going under cartoons, though? So, so let me put on my initial disclaimer. What the F? My initial disclaimer is this. I think what's always important for people when they have dialogue is to keep it on the road. Like, home team and I, when we were talking about some stuff, and, and he's said it before, you have to make it a point to get rid of the noise. Like, don't don't bring up something if you're having a dialogue with somebody that is completely inconsequential, just sounds silly because it shuts down the conversation. There's so many people that have talked about, uh, I would say, enhancing people's views of race relations. Like, start looking at things from other people's perspectives and at least try to ponder what they might have gone through. Then when you have people start saying, well, let's go after Paw Patrol, that's when you shut down the conversation because ain't a damn thing wrong with Paw Patrol. In fact, it's in most of our homes, and all it is, if you're not familiar, it's a Nickelodeon show that has a bunch of dogs, all small, like little dogs, that are all first responder dogs, so... When you have an issue, you call on Paw Patrol to come help you out. Yeah, Paw Patrol on a roll, gonna help Adventure Bay. Whenever you're in trouble, just yell for help, and the pups will be on their way. Well, uh, well the, the newer one is, Paw, 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 and it then gets into the whole song, and of course, no job is too big, no pup is too small. What Paw Patrol, we're on a roll. So read the story. Read the story aloud just so people are familiar with what is going on out there in terms of Paw Patrol. So I'm trying to do the cliff notes of this, but basically last week when the show's official Twitter account put out a call for black voices to be heard, um, commentators came after Chase. Euthanize this police dog. Defund Paw Patrol. All dogs go to heaven except for class traitors in the Paw Patrol. Now, here's the weird part. It sounds like comedic, like it's from The Onion. Then when you actually go over to Paw Patrol on Twitter, you see this rundown of people that are like, you shouldn't have a police dog in here. Like, what? It's just Paw Patrol. So I guess what I'm reading is like, they depict the image of Chase being a good, Good. good police officer. I don't want to do political stuff. Just leave the dogs alone. Like, leave the dog alone. Leave the kid show alone. There's nothing with the kid show that you... I would be one of those... My radar is always up for this stuff. Not because I like lived this life of racism. I just go, huh, yeah, they probably shouldn't have wrote, uh, wrote that that way. Like when, when I talked about... When I saw the Nutty Professor again, oh, it had yeah. been 20 years... It perked up because I went, oh, my God, this is PG-13. I can see my dick. And PG-13 20 years ago was different than PG-13 <laughs> now. Trust me, as I'm watching this with my nine-year-old, I'm like, you know what? The, the world has changed. Daddy, what's a dick? And so there are plenty of times where I go, ooh, yeah, I think that one probably wouldn't really fly today. <laughs> That's what my ears are always up for, for that kind of little comedy. And I, it gives me a giggle, and I go, okay, good. They but there is nothing in Paw Patrol where you go, Wow, that's that's too far. Well, I don't mean to by get, anybody's standards, twenty years ago or now or tomorrow. I don't mean to get deep because I guess I'm reading now. Lego has stopped producing their police cops. Yes, as the same thing, and also Lego City's police station. I, 
these are kids watching it. And yes, I, I guess at some point we need to have our com- conversations with our children and whatnot about what's going on. But it, it, they don't. My son is three. He's obsessed with Paw Patrol and Peppa Pig, and he doesn't see color. He doesn't understand what prejudice is or, or racism is or anything else because he's three years old. I don't really endorse the direction that Peppa Pig goes as far as being so British and so piggy, and I'm very offended by that as a vegan. But she likes to jump in muddy puddles. I know. There's nothing wrong with there's Peppa nothing Pig. Wrong with it. But to, But you have to go... So far to a, a level of insanity to find something to be offended about. And these people get up every day looking for something to be upset about. And what it does is it takes away the actual discussion that we should be having in this country. These people can't have kids, right? Have they not seen the show? Oh, and again, I, I joked around like, well, as a vegan, I do not appreciate how that pig is depicted. I don't care. But there are there are people out there that will look over and say, I'm going to insert myself in the conversation so that I am part of a movement and so I can usurp some of your power and your anger. No. Very flustered. No. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with Paw Patrol. Now yeah, I'm I know you are kind of flustered because it is crazy. Now like, I'm you, trying you, to think back on all – because like, okay – there was some racial tones, I believe, in Looney Tunes, right? Well, okay. If you take a look at the history of Disney But I'm trying to go Looney back Tunes on all my other cartoons. From about the 40s and 50s. Now I'm questioning everything. The depictions of, for instance, like it was in the Bruce Lee documentary, Be Water. The depictions of Asians during that time period. Oh, yeah, when Bugs Bunny would put on the, the, the sideways Ryu hat. Right. There was just things that you went, okay, that's probably not the way you want to go about and that. And he would kind of do his, his, his eyes. Yeah, he would squint his eyes, yeah. So, I didn't want to say it because I didn't know if I could say it. Damn it, I don't see, even know what I can say or I can't you're, you're, say. You're with me in a room. I've already, I've already <laughs> just joking around with Matt. Because, uh, you know, it's one of those things where how many deflector shields can we put up? And I think for me, uh, I, I go, well, I'll do the Maurice Jones-Drew thing. I'll just take my mom's maiden name and I'll be Carlos Wong Medina. And that gives us so much room to talk about so many things. Oh, good. Because I've been trying to get all these hateful Asian things I wanted to say off my chest. <laughs> now that I have the forum to, let me go. But, but isn't, that, isn't that crazy to think that a, a, a kid's TV show based today that does not have any kind of depiction of anything that even skirts the line, but because it portrays a small animated puppy dog in a police officer's uniform, doing good for their community, that's bad. Well, who was the chicken in Looney Tunes? The I say, I say, I say, boy. Like, that was always depicting the, the joke about the the, the, the southerners. southerners. Yeah, the Southerners. <laughs> that was so Foghorn, Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. So it's, there's, we just, it's Paw Patrol, man. It's Paw Patrol. Maybe it's not, though. Maybe it's deeper now that I'm getting in this Looney Tunes thing. Maybe it's much deeper, Lowe's. Maybe you just don't see it. You don't see the like problem in, here. Like in The Little Mermaid when the priest has an erection. Okay, that's different. That really sticks out in the <laughs> sex cloud it and everything out, out. definitely does. Sure does. Or in right. Aladdin when they say, take off your clothes. Coming up next, we'll review the greatest fight ever. We're not doing my dream story? I made out with Lois in my dream. It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. Looks like the sun is coming up, Chuck. Shades on in Dark Club. All right, let's move on to uh, one Patrick <laughs> I Crosby. I <hate> segment. 
from the Atlanta Business Chronicle, who uh, joins us on a daily basis to give us. We got it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. He gives us the update on what's going on. In the business sector, that's very good for our listeners who are involved in a whole lot of different things. This was his attempt to send his report down line. He sent it to Hoyt. He should have known better that if he messed something up, Hoyt would then save it. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Atlanta Business Chronicle now reporting in its new print edition on the front page. The Braves have taken another business step in their long-term plans in Cobb County and Relatus Biz... One more time. Three, two, one. Atlanta Business Chronicle also reporting a year after picking Atlanta, financial software maker Riskalyze will invest $10 million and quadruple its midtown presence to 30,000 square feet. They held... God, I cannot read. Brian, I'm killing you. Here's another add-on in 3, 2, 1. That's your business update. I'm Patrick Crosby from Atlanta Business Chronicle for News Radio... I can't even do the tag. Ah! 3, 2, 1. We need sports back. I can only talk about racist cartoons so long. I know. I'm delivering you sports in this segment. The oh, final segment yes, of the fun bag yes. tonight. All brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. N-E-I-U-S-A.net. Dot com. Dot com. You know it's dot com. I and yet, it. And yet you do this for fun. By the way, you can also give them a call. They do. Uh, <laughs> you have the 24-7 uh, website. But you can give them a call. 770-451-5057. 57. They can also service some of your old uh, audio equipment as well. A lot of people are looking to rehab that stuff and uh, you know get that working so they can run some of their old vinyl. They do handle that as well. What other dots are there? .edu, .gov, .net, .org. But then you have states too. What? Like Canada has like .ca, but then you also have states, you know, state governments and things like that. What about the deep web? What do I put in for like .deep web? I can't, I can't tell you. .dw? I'm not allowed to tell you. And you need to go ahead and make sure that you have the right equipment so they can't track you when you do it. Oh, I do everything in incognito. That way Lisa can't see what I'm looking up. That's really not good enough. But it works on Lisa when she can't see all your porn. Well, you want to bookmark that stuff because you never know. Like, There's nothing worse than when you look up and find a good video <laughs> and then you can't find it again. And then you start putting stupid things into the search bar. It's like, all right, well, I knew so she you- was white, so I put in white girl. But he was black, so I put in black guy. And then still, like, 40,000 videos pop then up. Then you're writing, like, uncircumcised <sighs> and all this other sort of stuff, because that's what your memory <laughs> said. Well, there was a couch, so I type Some in couch. couch. Well, yeah, let's can avoid that. <laughs> so this is a, a an article that I brought up on Chuck and Chernoff, and we didn't do it because we just don't do these sorts of things. You it's sound the, bitter about that, by the way. It's a genius article, and we should have done it, and it did make the show because, uh, so anyway. Well, whose voice were you doing there, Matt's or Chuck's? You're the one that puts together the show sheet. What do you mean it couldn't get on there? You could put anything you want on there no, and it would get on the show sheet. I submitted it for the program and no one responded with it. How does Buck and Kincaid work? I send out a bunch of stuff and if they grab if they gravitate towards anything, it makes a show. I'm not if, telling the secrets of the magician. If they don't, I let it alone. Well, I mean, they can't listen. I just told them like that I that I make a sauce. I didn't give them anything of the secret sauce. Okay. Takes a long time to do this secret sauce. Anyway, CompuBox. Are you familiar with that? Isn't that the computer ranking for boxing? Sort of. It it basically they have CompuBox at every fight where it tabulates all the punches that are thrown and the types of punches that are thrown and how effective those punches were. Jabs. It's body like, shots. Like, like, uppercuts. Like, yeah, it's like he le- he landed eight uh, percent of his jabs in that round and it goes through it well. CompuBox, and this is in a Forbes article, decided to review Rocky 
Rocky 2, Rocky 3, and Rocky 4. Okay. Now, I know Domino loves the Rocky series, but there is an element where you have to suspend all reality and realize that you're watching kind of like the Star Wars of boxing. There's nothing in these fights that could possibly be construed as regular boxing. Why would you or whoever wrote this article go about destroying a great movie? It part of what makes like can I write a Forbes article right now saying like hey there are no such things as laser beams and shooting and and what are the things with in Star Wars the sabers the lightsabers yeah, the lightsabers there's no such thing as that can I write a Forbes article just destroying a great movie by the way that is in science fiction they're depicting this as like an athletic endeavor it's like somebody who it's like if you're trying to tell the story of like, oh, and this basketball player, and he keeps dunking from the half court line. Once you kind of go like, wait a minute, that, that there's nobody that does that. Yeah, Jordan did it in Space Jam. I saw it. You're wrong. So how about this? From the first Rocky movie to the fifth, the boxing is unrealistic and just plain silly. Rocky will take a dozen jabs to the face without putting up his hands for defense. Then he'll turn it around on Apollo Creed or Ivan Drago and land six straight right hands. Rocky will get knocked down 20 times in a round, but somehow the referee will always allow the fight to continue. Well, some of that was Rocky's plan, by the way, was to take the jabs to the face because you would tire yourself out. It was basically like rope-a-dope, but he just used his face instead of the ropes. In the first Creed vs. Balboa fight in Rocky, a fight Creed narrowly won by decision, Creed landed 25 punches, including an unheard of 84% of his jabs on Balboa in the first round. Balboa landed only three punches in the first round and only threw one overall in the first three minutes of the fight. In the final round, Balboa hit Creed with 13 body shots, but somehow Creed survived for the win. Keep in mind, Rocky's goal was not to win, Los. It was just to go the distance. So if he had to absorb all of those shots to go the distance, he succeeded. What are you trying to do right now? The stats in Rocky 2 are even more ridiculous. When Balboa won by 15th round KO after he staggered to his feet to just beat the ref's count following a double knockdown, according to CompuBox, Creed outlanded Balboa 61-7 61 to 7 in the first round including 26 straight str- uh, shots to open the fight. By the end of the second round, Creed's punch advantage had grown 92 to 37 before Balboa stopped Creed in the 15th and final round. Because Rocky likes to let you come out, kind of waste your energy. Also, he's he's planning. He he's a he's a plotter and a planner and he's going to let you do your thing first. Fast forward to Balboa versus Ivan Drago. The tortoise wins the race in the end. You do realize this. The dreaded Drago somehow managed to find Balboa's face and or body on 61 of the 72 punches he threw in the first three minutes. You're upsetting me. But after taking a lot of punishment, Balboa finished the fight by landing 36 of 37 total punches in the 15th round, shocking the giant Russian. You do realize... Okay, what was Ivan Drago's biggest strength? His his body, his strength. He was a massive machine, right? Right. That was his biggest strength. What was Rocky's biggest strength? That he could take punishment and pain. Exactly. So what are, what are you doing with CompuBox right now? We've never seen a fighter like Rocky do this before. I just think it's funny because like when I watch Apollo Creed or you know Creed, Creed. and Creed Two, those are well done. Like they do a really good job with the boxing sequences. Then there's the Rocky movies. <sighs> Okay, in the natural, he hits a home run with a piece of wood that got struck by lightning, and he hits it into the lights, 
and then they mysteriously and miraculously blow up and fireworks start going off. Not everything is completely real. I, I hate to break this to you. He didn't take his leg and like hit the baseball with that. It's basically the same thing. There's a little bit more realism. There's, he blew up the light stand. There's mysticism to what he does. This is sold to you as boxing, and it's not. And, but I, I wanted Domino and the rest of the audience to just go like, okay, I you get think it. Domino it's, listens. I'm going to send him this. Because <laughs> you know why? Well, I'm on your side, Chris. He'll like you a lot more after I do it. Well, he always likes me more. Yeah, it's probably true. All right, that's going to do it for us. You take us out. Wait, we're not playing any fun audio? Hey, by the way, we're not doing a podcast next week because I'm the beach, so suck it, bitches. Suck it, bitches.